You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas coming off a 49-26 loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to talk about that game. Obviously, jump ahead to Mississippi State as well. We're going to bring Danny West on to talk a little recruiting and Andrew Ellis also to talk about the game and the matchup coming up with Mississippi State. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Of course, be one of be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And we're available just about anywhere you can think of to find your favorite podcast. But we'd love to have that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, take a moment. Leave us a five-star review. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com or 30% off for your first year. Some people may be over football season a little bit. Plenty of basketball stuff coming up. But there's a lot to go in football. Obviously, disappointing anytime you lose a game. Uh, I don't think a lot of people you know, should have expected Arkansas to beat Alabama. You just hope that the, the cards fall right and you have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. And the thing that Alabama does, when you get to the fourth quarter, they completely wipe you out. They just lean on you, lean on you. It's like a boxer. They just body blows, body blows, hitting you in the hips and then – Suddenly, you you know, come up to the latter rounds and uh, you can't sit down, you know, because you're hurting so bad in the hips. And that's just – that's Alabama. And uh, there was plenty of opportunities. We'll talk about all the opportunities that Arkansas had. Again, we're going to we're gonna take one last look back at it before we jump ahead to uh, Mississippi State. Now, the Mississippi State game, just for the housekeeping things, Mississippi State game um, is at 11 a.m. on SEC Network. That's uh, – yeah, that's not the best of the networks, I guess. It's not ESPN. If you want, to, if you have an eleven o'clock game, you want it to be on ESPN. So unfortunate that it didn't get that. And this technically is still a top twenty-five matchup. Arkansas in the coaches' poll is number twenty-five, and then Mississippi State is also in the top twenty-five. But Arkansas dropped out of the AP. They are the fourth team receiving votes. So behind LSU slips in now at twenty-five, and Arkansas is behind Washington State, Baylor, Florida State with 76 total votes. If they beat Mississippi State on the road, they'll get back in there, I think. In the coaches' poll, as I mentioned, Arkansas is the last team with at 25. Mississippi State is 23 in that poll, so 23 in both for them. Looking at Mississippi State's schedule real quick, they beat Memphis 49-23 in Starkville. Went to Tucson and beat Arizona 39-17. Lost to LSU in Baton Rouge. Took a road trip 31-16. Lost to LSU. 
whipped Bowling Green 45-14 and then did to Texas A&M what Arkansas should have done to Texas A&M, and that's beat them 42-24. That's what Arkansas should have done against Texas A&M. Uh, if you saw my walk and talk after the game, you know that I'm more ticked off about the Texas A&M game than the Arkansas – or excuse me, than the Alabama game. A bit of a quarterback conundrum for Arkansas ahead of Mississippi State. K.J. Jefferson took a hit in the fourth quarter, actually hit the ground, actually kind of hit his shoulder and then hit his head. And came in – he came out because of the, you know, an injury timeout basically and then went back in. You can't – if they stop play because you're injured, you have to come out of the game. And then came back in the next play. And then didn't come in again after that. So, as Sam Pittman said, after the game he hit his head. Okay, I don't like that language as far as your availability for next week. Now, he never said anything about concussion protocol. In fact, was asked about it today, about is he in concussion protocol, and said he didn't say that. Next question, basically. Uh, so, they hope to get him back by Wednesday. My personal deal, if it is concussion protocol, my experience seeing that is I have very rarely seen a player who's in concussion protocol make it back for the next game. We'll see. It He didn't say concussion. It may not be concussion. He just said he had the symptoms, so they wanted to check into it. So we'll see if he's available. Practice is open today. Um, you know, We don't report on injuries at practice. And the reason we don't do that is because nobody else in the SEC opens practices. Okay, so they're able to keep all their injury situations quiet. And Arkansas is nice enough to allow us to go in and watch a little bit of practice two days a week. And the negative for them doing that would be injury information getting out. Creates an unfair um, situation. So if KJ's not at practice, you're not going to hear about it from me. That's just the way it is. If we start reporting on that kind of stuff, then uh, you can expect them to also close down practices because they're not going to put themselves at a competitive disadvantage over injury stuff. Tell you what else would put you at a disadvantage if you're getting your internet from a terrible service. And I've been there. I've been disappointed with my internet service. And there's a lot of companies out there that'll try to hook you with a low price. And then over the life of your subscription, you realize you're paying more than you would have. Ozarks Go has a great price. You're going to pay the same price year one. They're not going to jack you up in year two. It's going to be the same deal. They got the same speeds up and down. For those of you who understand upload and download speeds. Uh, they offer 100 megabits per second and 1,000 megabits per second, which they call their gigabit. If you think you might want to try them out like I have over the past year, even before I started excuse me, talking about them, then you want to go to ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G, ozarksgo.net slash hog, and you can find out what they have available to you. Now, they're not again, they're not going to like try to get you with some low promo. They may do your first month at the 100 megabit price, for the gigabit. That might be the one deal that they get you, uh, you know, get you to come in on and try them out. I can just tell you guys that I've used them for over a year. I don't ever think about them. And that's to me is the greatest thing that you can think of. I've never plugged it in and plugged it out. If you're an older person and you've got some kind of situation where you've got an internet guy, oh, let me call my internet guy. It's out again. You don't need, you shouldn't be having an internet guy. You shouldn't be having some guy come over to your house to fix your internet all the time. To me, that's probably somebody, maybe I'm not saying they're taking advantage of you, but you don't need an internet guy. You just need these guys to come out to your house and fix it. If you're north of the tunnel, you should be able to get Ozarks go. Okay. We're going to bring on, I believe, Danny first here in just a few minutes. But I want to get into a few other things. 
So where do they go if they don't have K.J. Jefferson? Obviously, there was a lot of talk about Malik Hornsby after the game because he didn't get in. Now, kind of what I've always said in the offseason, and this kind of actually took place uh, in the offseason, like if you're behind, I'm not so sure that Malik Hornsby is the guy that you want to bring in because you need a passer. And so they brought in Cade Fortin. Makes a lot of sense in that situation to me. If you have a lead and you lose K.J. Jefferson, to me the quarterback to bring in – is, why am I spacing on it? Malik Hornsby. <laughs> to me, the quarterback to bring in is Malik Hornsby because we've seen him put a game away before or protect a lead. So it'll be interesting to see if KJ can't go where they go at quarterback. Do they go two-headed system? Do they work in the Malik Hornsby package more with Cade Fortin? I'm not opposed to, if they do go with Cade Fortin, to using Malik Hornsby more at wide receiver. I mean, the wide receivers have been better, but they're like – and, I'm and again, just kind of what I said in the preseason, man, 2 through 12, I think they have a better wide receiver core than they had last year. It's not quite performing at the level that you would like. And part of that has been – K.J. has been a little inaccurate. And I think that maybe some of that from Texas A&M is still kind of carrying over for him. I've seen some things fundamentally, you know, that – could be a reason for why some of the passes are a little errant or, you know, maybe he's worried about turning it over or something. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's in his head a little bit. So, he's got to move on from that. Arkansas lost three games in a row last season and came back and finished, what, five of the last six. Okay. To me, this is the toughest stretch that Arkansas's had. Starts with Texas A&M, which now, you know, looking at in the preseason, this the stretch looks tougher. But Texas A&M – the reason it's disappointing to me is just I just don't think they're very good. And I'm not saying Arkansas is good. I just think they're better than Texas A&M. Okay, I'm not saying they're like Arkansas is so much, you know, better than everybody. I'm just saying they're better than Texas A&M. And to me, that one, that one hurts Arkansas. I looked at this schedule and I said, man, if they could get through this game, this stretch, Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, which I picked them to lose in the preseason on the road, just think it's a very difficult road game, and BYU. If they can get through that stretch with two losses, who knows what they could do. If they get through there with three losses, then I still think that they could come out pretty strong. If they get out of here with three losses during this four-game stretch, I look at the rest of the schedule and I'm thinking there's a lot of games that not only can they win, but kind of feel like they should win at this point. They've got to get some things shored up in the secondary. Some concerns, Miles Slusher, the calf, obviously slowed him down dramatically. Uh, I'm not sure that they get those big pass plays early if Slusher is 100%. But they have been so banged up. Like, let's talk about the secondary, okay? It's obviously an eyesore out there. Um, losing Monteric Brown last year, losing Greg Brooks, losing Joe Fouché, uh, losing Jalen Catalan now. Miles Slusher's not 100%. People aren't even talking about Ladarius Bishop, who Ladarius just hasn't been healthy since last year and now is obviously not playing. and not. I think, I think he's out for the year. Uh, and he's a guy that started most of the games last year. They've just taken a really big hit in the secondary, and they've got to get Slusher back healthy because he makes a big difference. We saw in the opening quarter against Texas A&M how much of a difference he could make. Um, they've got to get him back healthy, and I don't know if that's going to be for this game. And this is not a game that you need a dinged-up secondary with a lot of questions. Okay? Can they win this game? Yes, they can. Can they win it without K.J. Jefferson and without a healthy Miles Slusher? I don't know. 
I don't know about that. Will Rogers can pick you apart. He can make you pay. It's not the best setup for Arkansas this week on the road in Starkville. It is good that it's an 11 o'clock game. I mean, last year they lost to Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn, all before playing UAPB and getting a bye week. So they beat UAPB, Mississippi State, LSU, lost to Alabama by seven, beat Missouri, beat Penn State. So won five out of the last six. So don't just jump off the bandwagon. I mean, I don't know if people were like expecting them to beat Alabama or expecting a national championship this season or something or expecting Arkansas to go undefeated for the first time in 53 years, but I don't think anybody was telling you that that was what was going to happen as a possibility. Um, This is still a good team. They have some holes. They have some issues that they've got to shore up. Now let's look at the rest of this schedule. At Mississippi State, 11 o'clock. BYU, I don't know if I mentioned that, but BYU is picked up for 2.30. It's going to be on ABC or ESPN. So that's 2.30 Central Time, 1.30 Mountain Time. Okay, so 2.30 at number 16, BYU. I think Arkansas is going to beat BYU. I'm not so sure if they're going to beat Texas A&M, or excuse me, Mississippi State. Then they get the bye week. Okay, that's going to be a very important bye week because they need to get some guys healthy. Then they're at Auburn. Arkansas is better than Auburn. Auburn's got way too much turmoil going on and plenty of holes also. Auburn, Liberty in Fayetteville, LSU in Fayetteville, Ole Miss in Fayetteville, at Missouri. I mean, those those are all very winnable games. Individually, I'm not saying they're going to win all of them, but when you look at them week to week, there's not an Alabama on here. As Sam Pittman said, they're not going to play number one again. There's not an Alabama on here. There's not a quirky neutral site game that Arkansas always struggles in in Arlington. All right. I'm going to get to Danny now. I'm a little bit late on you, Danny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
For those of you who don't follow Danny West, you can follow him at Danny West 247 on Twitter. He is the Hog Sports recruiting analyst and has done a great job for us for a number of years. It was a big recruiting weekend. It was probably you'd like to give them a little bit better show. Maybe they had a little bit good of a decent show in the third quarter, but you'd like to give the recruits there a little bit better show. But, Danny, you talked to several of them. What were the recruits saying after yeah. this game? Well, I think it went about as well as it could, considering how the game unfolded. You know, that's kind of the risk you take when you, you load up all these big-time recruits for, for one big weekend with a team like Alabama coming to town. I mean, if it gets away from you, it can get – a little bit awkward, you know. I, I began to wonder when it was twenty-eight nothing. Like, man, I wonder what those kids are thinking down there on the sideline, you know. But luckily, not much of a Arkansas choice, though, Danny. Up. I mean, you got Alabama, and then it's Mississippi State at Mississippi State at BYU, bye week at Auburn. I mean, it's November fifth. We got a month <laughs> before the next home yeah. game in Fayetteville. Yeah, not a lot of options, but you know, uh, luckily Arkansas was able to to come back and make it interesting kind of got the crowd back into it so Mm -hmm. the environment you know from everybody i've talked to over the last couple of days and again you mentioned that we've got several reactions there on hog sports but uh, the one thing everybody did mention was the environment i mean i think arkansas fans deserve a lot of credit for how they showed up they were loud especially in big moments and then you know, it just unfolded the way it did kind of took the the life out of you on third and 15 there oh yeah that was the play they their Heisman Trophy winner goes out and they bring in Mike Vick as a backup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just tough to tough to get over that. But recruiting was uh, – it was good, man. I'll tell you this, Trey, it's probably – it might go down as the best-looking group I've ever seen on campus. Some of those guys that, that made the trip are going to be playing on Sunday one of these days. I mean, 22 uh, four-stars, I want to say five or six five-stars. We just – we don't see that happen very often around here. But, um, yeah, it was a, a really good turnout. You just – uh, I can tell you this too. Before the game, I don't always go down on the field, but I did for this one. And man, that's as that's as loud and as energetic as I've seen a group of recruits in a long time. And uh, you know, they turned that little boosie on, and it was pumped up down there, boy. Cam mm-hmm. Ball does a really good job of kind of interacting with the recruits. I want to make sure we mention him, but he gets them involved. And uh, you know, it seemed to me some of them were ready to suit up and. The way the game turned out, you kind of wish they could have, probably. Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West 247 on Twitter. Danny, what do you make of, of this team right now, just flipping over to that? Um, I mean, these last seven yeah. games, I think individually, are all winnable, but Arkansas, they've got to get healthy. Got to get healthy, and, you know, it's something we don't talk about because it sounds like an excuse, but there is such a thing as bad luck and unfortunate injuries. And, you know, I go back to – all off season, you know, whether I was here in Tawny Town running around at, at Red Door or whatever, no free shout outs, but shout out to Red Door. You know, people would ask me what to expect this season, and it always came back to, oh, I think they're going to be really good as long as the two number ones stay healthy. Well, shoot, you lose your, your All American safety after the first game, and now we're talking about KJ potentially missing this week. Slusher, you know, he came back, played lights out in that A&M game. Of course, he gets banged up again. I mean, some of those guys were really needed. I heard you before I jumped on here. People don't talk enough about Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché. It's easy to, to hate them because of the way they left. And, mm-hmm. of course, they go to play your, your at your rival, their home state school. Unforgivable. But man, that's, that's just uh, – man, that's a really tough break. And, you know, you finally had a really good corner last year in Monteric Brown, five picks. And, 
you know of course he went pro and uh it just seems like a lot man so a lot of it is you know just bad luck but at the same time trey tackling tackling's part of football man and, yep. and that's probably the most frustrating part for me is to sit back and watch it over and over again blown coverage and missed tackles from from really the same guys when you know i'm standing down uh, outside the stadium waiting on the media gate to open up the other day and you know the walk-ons the red shirt guys they walk up razorback road right beside us there and i look up and there's anthony brown and i start wondering about him and Jalen lewis i mean shoot uh, maybe throw somebody out there see if they can make a tackle you know i'm kind of kind of tired of seeing the missed tackles. well what's so. what's disappointing is like bumper pool knows how to tackle We've seen him, sure. know, and I don't know if he's 100% or what's going on, but he, he has not been the same he's player. He's going to be the all-time leader. He's going to be the all-time leader in tackles. You don't you don't get that if you don't know how to tackle. But he has missed several this year and yeah. Um, yeah. has cost him on some plays. That's just not very – I don't like to call out players, but it, we, I feel like we can talk about Bumper just because he has done so many good things at the same time. But lately – I don't know, Danny. I just, I just don't know what's, what's going on with him. And um, you know, you've yeah. had some issues with Simeon Blair on the back end, and I don't mean to just single out two players because it's more than that. But those are two guys that you would expect more from. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, I, at some point, I sit back and I go, "Why are they in so many one-on-one tackle situations this yeah. year?" When last year you looked up and they had five guys around every tackle. You know, I mean, is that a is that a byproduct of of more man coverage and more man and, coverage, you know, I, I, bringing more heat? I would think that's so. been a big part of it. I mean, it, you trade it off, you get a lot of sacks, uh, but you give up some big plays too. Yeah, well, here's an idea. Maybe let's go back to the the old way yeah <laughs> you know, drop everybody and bring like two dudes and see yeah. what happens it worked I mean, for them last year for sure hey, they've turned around the pass rush give them credit for that but man oh boy it puts you in some bad spots in the back end when you clearly don't have a good tackling uh back end of your defense that just seems like and, and i think we'll see it this week you know they've had success against mississippi state dropping eight and mm. i would i would fully expect they're probably going to go back to that quite a bit yeah probably so danny west joining us danny west at danny west 24 7 um will rogers is a real deal though and uh, to me that's yeah. a scary deal but i think it's a good thing that it's an 11 a.m kickoff uh, i asked Pittman today if he's going to torture everybody all week with the the loud clanging cowbells and stuff he also yeah, said that they, they they seem to follow the rules and stop the cowbells <laughs> you know i just <laughs> kind of slid in Do i was they? I was like, okay, so it's fourth quarter in a tight game. You tell me they're not going to ring the cowbells. Yeah, right. Go watch some YouTube videos of some tight games against Ole Miss. See if they stop yep. ringing them. They don't. Yeah, but they, they're going to be ringing. I'm not going to Starkville, Danny. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to go, but I mean, it's there's just no good way to get there. Um, and for somebody like me, like if you're a fan, I understand it. But for me to work it, to travel in a car for 16 hours back and forth, all the things that I can be doing work wise that I yep. think are more important than just driving and, and being at the game. Um, and, I mean, just the idea – the press box is actually – I like the press box at Mississippi State. I hate the cowbells, and I hate wearing earplugs for four hours. It just ruins the experience to me. But, um, anyway, I, that's a problem yeah, that I've got to try to figure out because some of these places are just – they're so hard to get to driving and – you know, my my job has evolved so much over the years to wearing more of a publisher hat and needing to, you know, sure. do a lot of other things versus 
I mean, if I'm driving in a car for 16 hours, that takes out a lot. <laughs> that's two days. Yep. That's two days of work, Danny. <laughs> that are just wiped I don't think out. Anybody driving. You. I mean, everybody so want. Here's the deal. Everybody you wants to see do me. Always a post game anyway. I'm going to do a post game. I'll, I'll I'll do a walk and talk, just probably outside by my house. But um, you know, everybody wants to see me do the walk and talk. But the problem with that is, I mean. A walk and talk video, I might make $120 or something <laughs> doing that. <laughs> you know, is it really is it really worth it to me, I guess, yeah. to do that? But anyway, um, yeah, I'm not planning on going to Starkville. Anything else, Danny, you want to catch up, catch us up on on recruiting before we I mean, I, Andrew? I've got so much to gripe about, man. And it's not just the Bama game. I want to make sure that's clear. I mean, it's kind of been a five-game yeah. buildup. You know, with they've not played problems, their best game. Yeah, not they've yet. Not, they've not played great. They just simply haven't been, you know, as crisp or as clean as we thought. And, you know, uh, we could talk all day about offense or defense, Trey, but offense got some problems, too. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a few more shots taken, yeah. you know, uh, you got the big veteran offensive line we talked about all year. We heard all August about this uh, surprisingly great wide receiver group. Well, give them a shot. You know, yeah. uh, go win some one-on-one battles. And Trey Knox seems like he's he could probably help you a little more. He too. had a good game. Mm-hmm. He had a really good game, and I think he's he's got something there if they'll use it. But you know, I'm not a coach. They they get paid millions to figure this stuff out. I'm not trying to pretend I know more than they do, but. Oh, it's just frustrating, man. Some of the same hey, stuff. I think I think Rashad DeBinion has a really bright future yep. at Arkansas, but I guarantee you Dominic Johnson's not fumbling in that situation. And I don't know what it is, but Dominic Johnson needs to carry the ball more. I mean, I know he's not as flashy and, and all that stuff as some of these young guys, but the dude bowls over piles. He falls forward. He keeps the chains moving. He doesn't fumble. He's reliable. I don't know if they just don't feel like he's 100% yet, but damn it. I mean, the guy needs to carry the ball more. He just does. It needs to be Rocket and then Dominic. It just does. And I don't – it frustrates me that they don't see that. I don't envy the guy who has to make those calls because it seems to me they've got four really good ones right now. And the but you can't too, use man, four. I hate that he fumbled, but, you, man, he's going to – Hey, I think he's going to be good yeah, too. So everybody does. But to me, he's the third back. I think he's the third back right now okay my opinion i mean i don't i don't don't agree or disagree i just but you can't you you would agree though danny that you can't just continue rotating four backs i mean the problem with with that is i i don't like the series okay this is your series and next up your series right exactly i mean it just seems really difficult to get anybody in any sort of exactly that's why that's why you go with two backs and if you need the third guy you sprinkle him in where you need him but generally you go with a starter and then a top backup. I mean, you look yeah. across the country, everybody's, that's how everybody does it. I mean, was Alabama rotating one back after another because they're like, we got a bunch of good backs? No, <laughs> they were what, using two. Dang good one. Yeah, they were <laughs> using two backs. Go, boy. Gibbs and McClellan. Yeah. That's it. Yep. So, all right, Danny. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, man. We'll all see right. you. Everybody, that's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny West 247. Does a great job at hogsports.com. All right, we're going to switch over to Andrew Ellis now. Andrew's also got a little bit of baseball stuff. There was some, what are they calling that, the fall classic or something? We'll find out more from Andrew. He's the baseball guy. Trey Biddy, what's up? What's up, Andrew? How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, We've reached that point in college football season where Every fan base is angry and hates their coach, oh, yeah. so it's it's a great time of year. I'm happy to be, be in it. <laughs> you said it, man. I mean, 
there's only a few teams that are undefeated right now. And, uh, and Arkansas is actually one of two teams in the coaches top 25 poll with uh, two losses. So, um, there's a little bit of respect there, I guess, for a team with two losses. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how you sliced it. If Arkansas lost to Texas A&M and lost to Alabama, uh, people are going to be ready to jump off a cliff over it. So, it's the way it works. A lot of emotion in college football. But they can get it back. Absolutely. I mean, you know, all the panic we have in the, in the fan base going on right now and all the frustration and some of it obviously warranted. I mean, you know, the Texas A&M game, we agree they shouldn't have lost. But – you know, all that probably goes out of the window if you beat you know Mississippi State on the road at Starkville. I mean, that's a game that you and I both picked them to lose. I think, I think, I think Curtis might have as well. I think we like, on the, the staff. We were all pretty kind of low on this game and thought it was going to be a tough one. It's they the toughest remaining well. game on the schedule, in my opinion. This one coming. I, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think it's it's definitely a tough one. But yeah, if you go out there and win this game, all of a sudden you get it right back, and that's just kind of the nature of how these things work. It's week to week, and the world ends one week, and then all of a sudden we're back to. You know, 10-2 and two Sugar Bowl, let's go the next week. So yeah. let's just uh, see how it plays out. But it is interesting that things can never just happen week to week. We always have to have the big overreaction and the big proclamations each week. But I love it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure the overreaction for the defense isn't warranted. And the offense has not been crisp and clean and all that stuff. But uh, the defense has got to get some things shored up. There's no question about that. But, um, yeah, that's um, – it's amazing too to me, Andrew, how much like fans will pick apart everything you say. Like I said, one thing I, I tweeted out was obviously Arkansas obviously has some work to do, and somebody who's like some, like like this, it's a pretty common exp- expression, you know. Some work to do. How about a ton of work to do? You know, it's just like pick apart every single thing you say, and that's just people are just mad and frustrated, and I, I totally get that. It's the end of the world, and that's that's how football is. Um, but yeah, they can bounce back. Andrew, you watched a little bit of baseball this weekend, also on Friday. I did. It was a it was a really fun crowd. You know, uh, the night they, they they did a good job capitalizing on. You know, there was obviously a lot of fans in town for the Bama game. Had a bunch of recruits there, and uh, you know, it was just a really good atmosphere and kind of one of those things that kind of blows your mind. There was about five thousand fans that came out to Bomb Walker to watch a baseball scrimmage on a Friday night, and that's just something you don't see happen around the country anywhere else. And so that's pretty cool for them to kind of show some recruits. Cause obviously this is a big recruiting weekend for every sport. And so it's kind of cool to, for them to be able to show, you know, kind of this is how things go here at Arkansas. And it's a fun crowd, fun time. And yeah. And uh, the fans were a lot happier that day. I would say yeah. there was a lot, <laughs> everything was cool in the, uh, during the scrimmage Friday, but yeah, you know, just kind of how it works. But yeah, it was, a, it was a fun night for sure. I thought I thought the fans for the the football game were fantastic. Also, I was a little disappointed to see the student section. You know, not most of the students. Most of the students are great, but there's a, just a a large chunk, maybe an eighth of the students, just bolt at halftime. And I just I don't know. They obviously there was a moment where Arkansas came back and made it a 28-23 game, and you know you you need as much crowd as you can. But I thought overall the crowd was great. Seventy five thousand five hundred there, which is a stadium record even though it's not officially a stadium record. That's the most it's ever been in there for a football game. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, they estimate they used to estimate the crowds. And so there's crowds in a 72,000-seat stadium with 76,000-plus in there, and now it's ticket scanned. So you're never going to have over 76,000 in there. So 
Yeah, I thought the crowd was awesome. And, you know, there was a moment pregame where I was talking to Curtis and we were kind of just like, you know, and you know, you're anticipating a big crowd and we were kind of wondering like, oh, what's the energy going to be like? And there was a moment about two minutes before kickoff where we just couldn't hardly hear. And it was that that crowd was really buzzing when the Hawks came out. And, and it was just it was just really fun to see. And that kind of stuff never really gets old. You know, it never gets old seeing just a full stadium everyone locked in you see students camping out yeah. the night before and you can do, it's just a different energy in the city of Fayetteville when there's a big game in town and I mean could you imagine what it would have been like if Arkansas had won that A&M game it would have just been even taken up a notch but man yeah it's it's always fun to see that and yeah I thought for the most part I mean obviously it's tough to have you know a great atmosphere when you're down 28 to nothing but I thought for the most part it was it was a really solid crowd and you know I felt like they were mostly engaged in it mm. and you know it would have been nice to see things kind of you know, maybe stay that way a little longer in the first half. But, yeah, things were – I thought it was a really awesome crowd. It was cool to see everyone come out like that. If they could have kept things going a little closer in the first half, what was it, 28-7 at halftime, if they could have kept things a little tighter. And, I mean, it's still – you know, it's a three-score game and you're getting the ball back coming out of half. You go down there and score and then you got a two-score game. You know, I don't know. I, I just don't – I don't like people just, like – leaving and before they I don't understand why you make all the effort to get to a game and then you know you leave at halftime so anyway um Andrew anything else uh you, you I mean you want to talk about with the uh the Alabama game or you you want to look ahead to this Mississippi State <laughs> I, you know I will say this about the Alabama game you know defensively you're right there's you know it's it's getting ridiculous at at this point I mean the, the secondary has its own issues and then the huge plays in the run game towards the end of the game you know because yeah. Arkansas to that point had been really pretty solid against the run. And you think, you know, you're in a situation where Alabama has a backup quarterback in and, you know, you stopped the run pretty well to this point. You know they're not trying to be too aggressive offensively. You think you'd be able to come there and get a few stops. But, you know, just it, it's just kind of frustrating to watch this defense sometimes. And it's so weird how in third and long you're more nervous than you should be. You know, yeah. it's like that's normally your situation. And so everyone talks about the penalty and accepting that penalty. It's like third and 18, you really shouldn't have to even worry about it. But yeah. it is what it is. But you know, and it's easier to have the, oh, it's just Alabama excuse for the offense, who I thought actually played pretty well in the game, all things considered. I mean, obviously, you know, there there were some missed opportunities in the passing game, and I didn't think KJ was particularly sharp, and there were some miscues here and there. But, you know, you put up 26 points, and really I felt like the offensive line kind of controlled the game better than I anticipated they would. I knew Arkansas had a good offensive line, but I was kind of impressed with the way they – kind of took it to Alabama. I don't know what they finished with rushing yards-wise, but I know it was around 200. I, I thought they played really well. And I felt like this Arkansas offense, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what other teams do against Alabama because I don't think many are going to be able to kind of impose their will in any way, especially in the run game against Alabama. So it was, it was cool to see Arkansas do that. And obviously this, the, the game situation didn't end up in their favor, but I, I came away actually somewhat impressed with the offense. And obviously, you know, the status of K.J. Jefferson means a lot moving forward for the offense. But I was I came away pretty encouraged with, with that group. And it's, it's, you know, especially considering the opponent. But, yeah. you know, well, Andrew, they, a- the offense also left, what, 15 points on the board. They only got six points on three trips down into the red zone. They had to settle for a field goal, settle for, for a field goal, and then went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. And they got six points on three trips in the red zone instead of 21 points. You know, I mean, that's that makes 40, right, I, that's yeah, for 41 I, points would have looked a lot nicer on the scoreboard and probably would have had people feeling a lot different today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it definitely was, it was far from, you know, perfect performance or anything, but I was kind of surprised with how, how much success Arkansas had, at least moving the ball 
twenty to twenty on Alabama, which mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it's gonna be interesting to see how other teams fare against that. And you know, really what I'm looking for moving forward and you know again, KJ's status is gonna be important here, but I wanna see Arkansas take some more chances in the passing game early in these games and kind of set the tone. I feel like it's just easier to throw on first and ten than it is on, on third and eight. I feel like you're kind of just putting whoever you have back there, quarterback in a tough spot and you know, we see we see little glimpses every now and then of Arkansas having you know, some downfield passing attack and every you know all these receivers have had their moments throughout the year but it just seems like there's not a ton of rhythm and consistency with the passing game and obviously Pittman was pretty frustrated with that after the game so it's gonna be interesting to see especially if KJ's not available how they go about that in this Mississippi State game I mean do they try to set the tone and take some chances early whether that be with Fortin, Hornsby or even Jefferson or see what they do to try to get these receivers involved and get them going a little bit because like I said they've all kind of shown their flashes and You've had moments where you kind of look at Matt Landers, and you're like, wow, he's really you know a difference maker, a guy who can make some plays down the field. Obviously, Keytron had a big game the other day, so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that moving forward. I know. Like, why won't they throw a post pattern to Matt Landers? Like, I have, I have not seen them – I don't think I've seen them throw a post <laughs> all year. It's all deep down the sideline if they even go deep, you know. So, all right, Andrew, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis again. You can follow him at Andrew Ellis 247 on Twitter. He's uh, really does a bit of everything, covers Razorback football, basketball, and recruiting, uh, even chips in a little bit with that, but um, just covers, just helps with everything and uh, does a great job for us. Certainly happy to have Andrew Ellis on with us. You know, some of the things I've been thinking about with this team also, they've got to improve in some areas, obviously. But I do think moving forward as a program, and I think with the transfer portal and everything, as as, annoyed as a lot of us are with it, there's going to come a time where it's going to create more parity throughout college football because of being able to get a guy like a Drew Sanders. Arkansas just needs to get more of those guys. Uh, Defensively, they've got to to step up recruiting, obviously. I mean, you you look at – you know, where they are in recruiting right now. They've got a good class put together right now for the class of 2023. Uh, you'd like to see a few more Quincy Rhodes types and, you know, Braxton. You'd like to see some more of those guys up at the top because a lot of the top guys are offensive players. But you do feel like they could help themselves a lot in the transfer portal this year, shore up some things, especially in the secondary and on defense recruiting wise you know as far as the offense goes I do think that they have an offensive line the pups that's going to be able to compete you know moving forward now Arkansas got a good offensive line they're good from a talent perspective the ceiling the higher ceiling guys are, are much younger okay this is a group that's very veteran uh, they're strong. They've been in the weight room for a long time. They're multi-year starters. They know, you know, what's going on, what they're supposed to do and stuff. Against Alabama, t- however, too many times we saw running backs getting hit right when they're taking the handoff, you know, or when K.J. decides to keep it. Just like people are in the backfield already way too fast. I do think when you get a, a Marion Harris, an Andrew Chambly, a Patrick Kudis, Devon Manuel um, – you know, some of those guys, some of those young, massive, you know, when you're talking about 6'5 to 6'7, you know, 315 already to 350 or more, or big, some bigger in some cases. When you start getting those guys to a point where they're ready to play, then maybe you're talking about having one of those offensive lines that's just good enough to go against anybody. Okay. Still a lot to do with this team in terms of improving. They've been able to help themselves shore some things up. And I think last year a big 
thing to, you know, that maybe gets overlooked a little bit about is how much Arkansas was able to help themselves because of that COVID year. Having Hayden Henry come back, Grant Morgan come back, um, you know, some other players that uh, otherwise I don't think I don't think Utsi would have been available. I think he was a grad guy that they were able to add, you know, from the, from the portal. I believe Trey Williams was too. Um, you know, so being able to bring in some of those guys uh, or keep some of those guys who otherwise would have moved on, Myron Cunningham is another example at left tackle, uh, being able to keep some of those guys around for another year, whereas otherwise they would have just been gone, I think really helped last year's team. And I think moving forward, as you continue to recruit better, You've got to be able to recruit well, and, and Sam Pittman's showing he can do that. Uh, but mixing in some of those guys uh, for immediate help out of the transfer portal. Where to go now? Y'all should go check out Danny West's recruit reaction stuff if you haven't done so already. He's got – reactions and then he's got more reactions he's got notebooks all kinds of stuff on that and uh, read up on Andrew's uh, fall baseball recap also we're going to get to questions before we do that be sure to try out Ozarks Go if you haven't done so right just go to Ozarks Go slash excuse me ozarksgo.net slash h-a-w-g i'll leave a link in the description on youtube uh you can also call them at 479-684-4900 but the preferred way is to go to the website and up at the top you see check availability you can click on that and find out if they're available in your area or you can and on mobile there's like the three menu bars and you can select the drop down box but if you're tired of worrying about your internet if you're I've, I've literally never had an outage i've never had to call them i've never had to talk to them from the time that they came in and installed it to when i started talking to them about doing this promo that's the only time i've ever thought about ozarks go because it just works 100% of the time. I don't know what other people's experiences are. Mine is 100% of the time. It's working and humming too. It's humming. So go to ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G and find out if they're available in your area. Think north of the tunnel. Think uh, if you have Ozarks Electric, then you're definitely getting it. Eastern Oklahoma is another area that'll get it. So uh, go check out my friends at Ozarks Go. You'll be pleased with it. I've been very pleased. Questions. Where are our questions? Here we go. Everybody's so mad right now. I get it, too. You don't like losing. Nobody does. Why not give the young DBs a chance? Can't be much worse than we've been. Possibly true, but you can almost guarantee that they will be because young defensive backs are almost always bad. They're almost always not ready. It just takes one bad step. But I get it. And a problem also, you know, is, again – not having Miles Slusher healthy, not having Jalen Catalan healthy. Those are your two best defensive backs. Ladarius Bishop is another guy that they would be using at cornerback right now if he were healthy. That's just been a problem. I mean, it has. But, yeah, maybe not totally against – I don't know. Dish Network contract with Disney slash ESPN has expired. The only reason you should be using Dish Network, in my opinion, is if you are out in the middle of nowhere. Otherwise, you should be using YouTube TV or Hulu or something like that. You should be streaming, in my opinion. 
And if you have Ozarks Go, you don't have to worry about any issues with speed or anything like that. You're just going to have great internet. Carson Bra- uh, Bowser says, doesn't matter. We need to fire Bra- Bra- Biles and Odom. Even if we don't finish 6-6, six and six, fire Pittman. Um, Carson, dude, you're, you have no grasp on reality, man. I mean, like, sure, it, it's, it's, it's disappointing to lose a game. Um, but if you're talking about fire and Pittman, then you're just not you're not realistic, son. I'm sorry. Now, can you criticize Browse and Odom for the things that have happened right now on offense sure, and defense? Sure, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's reason for criticism, but like this idea that just fire them. I mean, it's like fan attitudes like that are so many reasons why Arkansas has been put in some really awful situations. I mean, going back to you know, the Houston nut days, like just the way that whole thing was handled. Um, firing Pittman if they go six and six is is ludicrous. Okay, it just is. It's been three years. He's had a lot to clean up. I just – that kind of take just infuriates me. Like the, the, the nerve of you to have a take like that. Pathetic. Mike Elam, I know you didn't want to do the walk and talk after the Bama game, but really enjoyed it. Good to hear – Someone else venting frustration, yes. And I was more, again, more frustrated just because of the the Alabama game. Obviously, they didn't play it very well. But the Alabama game on top of um, how they lost to Texas A&M because they should have beaten Texas A&M. They should have beaten them badly. And I don't know what all it is, but this team, they're just not in sync. They're not playing well together. It's disappointing because – in the spring and in fall camp, they just looked they looked so crisp. And I know they're just going against themselves, but I mean, I've seen plenty of team, plenty of years where you know they go out for spring football or fall camp and they look you know chaotic, unorganized. They just don't, but they just look like they just picked right up. So you felt good about that. I still think that they've got a chance to finish really well. I really do. Gary Davis says we're recruiting too many receivers. Fire Pittman. That, that just bugs me when people say stuff like that. Man, have a little perspective, my man. Gary Davis says we're recruiting too many receivers and not enough DBs. Maybe then move some receivers to DB. <laughs> but you, you, make a, you make a point there, Gary. Maybe they need some – to do a better job just recruiting defensive backs, and especially in the portal. I mean, they lost a lot in the secondary, and it's starting to show. With injuries and with guys transferring out, it's definitely starting to show. Randall Files says, still love these hogs. Absolutely. They can still have a great record. At the beginning of the season, I picked us to beat Alabama and lose to Mississippi State. Or you picked them to beat A&M. Excuse me, Randall. I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Picked them to beat A&M and lose to Mississippi State. I think that that is what I did as well. I picked them to win nine games. I still think it's very possible. I still think it's possible. Now, it's going to be tough going to Starkville if they don't have K.J. Jefferson. It's going to be tough. I'm not sure exactly what the plan is going to be. But they're going to have to put up some points and not having your starting quarterback is a problem. Ethan Roberts says, Trey, my opinion of the secondary is not much of the coverage, but the poor, poor, poor tackling after the catch. Yep, it's both been an issue. Poor tackling for linebackers and secondary has been a real issue, and uh, and poor coverage, too. Not saying the coverage is good, but the yards after catch make the coverage look worse, yes. Cody Lewis says, Odom is coaching with less talent. As for Browse, he has studs all around his offense. I love his play calling 9% of the time, but 10% is killer. I would agree with that, Cody. 
we didn't throw the ball down the field until the third and third drop. Yeah, I mean, they're not throwing the ball down the field as much as I think they should. Again, Landers is so fast, throw a post batter. You know, like when Alabama had the backup, Milrow in, and there was a pass play where he threw to Burton, and Burton's open, and McLaughlin ends up knocking it down. But that was just a bad pass. I mean, he had – like, you have to throw that like more – he threw it like more in the middle of the field. You can just throw it like where the 20 is, like over on – way like between the hash and the sideline somewhere so he can continue running over and catch the ball he had to slow up and obviously McGovern was able to catch him and, and knock it down but Arkansas can do that with with Landers I mean I just I don't know why they don't throw the ball downfield a little bit more and I, I get at the same time when you don't run you don't complete a pass then you're in second and long or you know second and ten and you know then what you get four yards and then it's third and six and that's that's not an ideal situation. Pittman sounded deflated and and pissed at today's press conference. Hope he doesn't lose this team. I don't think that's the issue. But um, I I don't think maybe he didn't like a couple of the questions. Run run pass punt the entire first half. Yep, that was a problem. Uh, the first drive they actually picked up a first down or two I think, but. Um, you just can't you can't fall behind 28-0 to Alabama. You just can't. Dalton Adams said, I'm just very curious about the secondary issue being on the new DB coach. Haven't had the issue the last couple of years. I think a lot of it's just, you know, new players and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you can't just give Dominic Bowman a pass because we don't have anything to fall back on where he's had a lot of success. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of new players back there. I mean, you you have you, Miles Slusher's been injured most of the season. Jalen Catalan's out for the season. Those are your two best DBs. That's been a problem. I do think that I don't mean to come down on Simeon Blair, but I and I understand like his leadership and getting everybody in the right spots and all that stuff. But I I just don't think he's playing very well. I I don't think he's played very well for a while. I don't know what the answer would be, either because yeah. What are the answers? Landon Montgomery says, wish we had Morgan or Henry out there with Sanders Saturday in the 3-15 to make the tackle. Yeah, those guys could tackle. Landon Montgomery says, I'm sorry, but Blair has to be benched. It's kind of what I was talking about. I'm not so sure he has to be benched just because I don't know what else you would do, but I, I just I don't feel like he's playing that well. I don't know who the option is after that. Bobby Hobson says, Fortin equals a poor man's Casey Dick because you've seen him throw five passes. You've seen him throw five passes, and that's who he is. Michael Rummel says, the thing that I've seen is Bumper Pool not getting many tackles, but Drew Sanders is. Do you think Bumper is slacking? I don't know. I don't know. If, I wouldn't say Bumper slacking off by any stretch. I just don't know if he's – I don't know if something's going on or what, but he's just not tackling well, and he has before. So, something's up. Everything about this game, Justin Williams says, everything about this game just went wrong in the first half. I mean, damn, we got to get in the end zone and need needed a long drive. That was another problem, Justin. I mean, with the defense, you just keep putting the same guys out there over and over again, and 
Arkansas doesn't have probably enough depth to to do that kind of thing, like where you're just constantly throwing your defense out there over and over and over again, and then you run into the fourth quarter and they're just completely gassed and they start making mistakes and start getting blocked. Still no excuse to give up three plays over 70 yards in the fourth quarter. You're going to lose to just about everybody in this conference if you do that kind of stuff. Rick Williamson says, Trey, why are we not seeing Malik Hornsby on the field anymore than we are? I mean, obviously he didn't have a very good showing against Texas A&M. Bonnie Cox says is the face uh, – is the but I think we're, we'll see Malik this week. Bonnie Cox says the walk and talk still on Facebook. I'm not seeing it anymore. I've been – I've moved – so the walk and talk is on YouTube. You can watch the walk and talk. Just go to YouTube, subscribe to my channel over there. Um, to be honest, I had – so the walk and talk doesn't generate a lot of money. <laughs> Obviously, um, it's hard to generate money on YouTube, but it's even harder on Facebook because there's no money to generate. I can't put a single ad on it or anything. So I moved it all over to YouTube, and uh, that's where you can find it. Andrew Hawthorne says it seems like they never get KJ's mojo going. He seems to always turn into Superman after a tough run or a deep pass. Yeah. Dustin Hoover says people don't remember what losses to Colorado State happened every year. Now we expect to win games against anyone in the top 25. I agree with that, Dustin. There's two things. There's two schools of thought I have with that. One is the measuring stick for Arkansas football should not be 2018, 2019. Be thankful for what you have, you know, kind of thing, because Arkansas football can be so much more than that. Um, At the same time, that did just happen. That was just a few years ago where you didn't care if Arkansas won or lost because you were so apathetic about it. At least now you're you're pissed. Being pissed is probably a good thing. It means you care. But, man, people have a short memory of – you don't – I don't – I can just tell you guys, okay, Sam Pittman, is he perfect? No. Is he doing a good job? I think he is. Is he getting this program headed in the right direction? I think he is. I just, I just do. Um, Chad Morris lost the team probably from the first day. It was hard to see. They were doing a lot of good things in recruiting, and you always looked at that and say, well, okay, they maybe got a future doing you know this and that. Um, but it just became more and more apparent on the field that he was completely out of his, you know, way in over his head and had to go. And I've not campaigned or lobbied for a coach to go probably two times, John Pelfrey and um, and Chad Morse. Well, John L. Smith, but he was gone anyway. He was a dead man walking from the day he walked in pretty much. I'm just curious, says Mike Elon, I'm just curious for this reason. Jaden Hazelwood is not doing more. Is he just not getting the playbook or is, is it KGB not passing? I, I they don't throw to him much downfield. It seems like they rely on him a lot to catch the ball and make a move and make a play. To me, they could throw down the field a little more. I think he's okay at that. I don't think he's maybe as good as we thought he was going to be with the ball in his hands. He's just not – I don't see him, like, breaking a whole bunch of plays and stuff. So, maybe getting the ball downfield a little bit more. All right. I think we're good. All right, everybody, one last time. If you haven't subscribed to the channel on YouTube, be sure to do so. Um, 
throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcast also. And uh, Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for the year. Um, follow the page on Facebook. Throw us that five-star review. And um, we'll be back with you guys on Thursday for the Arkansas at Mississippi State Primer. All right, thanks to Danny West for joining us. Thank you to Andrew Ellis for jumping in. Appreciate all of you guys uh, for watching the show, watching the walk and talk uh, on Saturday, and um, and subscribing to hogsports.com, and also taking in all of our free content as well. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.